This episode of the Fastest Known Podcast is brought to you by Sufferfest, the beer with benefits. Founded only a few years ago in San Francisco, Sufferfest directly positioned itself in the athlete market, particularly with runners. Its hashtag is Will Sweat for Beer, and we have to note in particular, one of its five beer styles is called FKT. With a touch of salt and black currant, you really should give this a try. Welcome back to the Fastest Known Podcast. We have a special edition this week. This week we're speaking with Matt Lafort again. Matt is a resident of Andorra on the boundary between Spain and France. And Matt has organized the Fastest Known Time of the Year Awards for Europe. We did the same format as we did in the United States uh, uh, last month. And so Matt has compiled a great uh, panel of voters and a great list of nominees. So welcome back to the podcast, Matt. Thank you, Bud. Happy to be here. So you worked at this. You got some really good voters to uh, look at these. Yes. I mean, it, it was fairly easy. People are really into um, like history of the, of the fastest known time here in Europe. So it was pretty easy to gather like a, a diverse group of like different countries, different backgrounds and also like different generations. So and obviously both male and female. So it was pretty, pretty easy, actually. Nice work. So you just noted that it's a diverse group. You have male and female voters, different countries, uh, different age groups, because the history in Europe is really strong. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was really important to yeah, try to cover um, as much um, diversity as we as we could. And, um, and the result is there are like lots of different um, nationalities, backgrounds like that's that's really interesting. Now, last week on our podcast, we talked about the FKT scene in Europe with you, and we noted that it, it tends to be a little less trail, a little less long trails, and a little more technical, a little more go from a village to the top of a mountain and turn around and charge back down again. Yes, uh, that, that's, that, that's what it is, yes. Right, so are we going to see that and then as we walk through the, uh, the award winners here? Yeah, that's interesting. That there's a bit of everything. So again, like uh, I feel like the athletes are looking for like what happened in the past and what time to beat, and also trying to explore new things. Um, so we got like lots of first attempts um, this year that are rewarded, and uh, it's going to be interesting. But there's a mix of both, like uh, both like long attempts, long endurance attempts, and also uh, those like classic up and down the mountains from the from the, the village. Well, let's jump right in. We'll start, as we always do, from the number five, and we'll work our way up to number two this week. Uh, the next week, we'll do the number ones. And we'll start with the female. So who is the award winner for the FKT of the year, uh, number fifth, for the females? So this is uh, Sonia Regueiro from, uh, from Spain. She completed um, the route called El Anillo de Picos in the Picos de Europa in, um, in, in Spain, obviously. And it's basically like um, a circular route, like 110 kilometers uh, with close to like 10,000 meters of vertical gain. So like pretty rugged terrain. And she completed that route uh, in 26 hours, 18 minutes um last september so that was a pretty pretty huge uh, um achievement and make sure the listeners go to the website fastestknowntime.com and simply uh 
there'll be links to these, particularly these uh, FKT awards, but also you can just pull down the root page and type it in and you'll see some pictures and uh, Sonia has a photo of her you know, carrying trekking poles up what looks like fifth class gully. So again, <laughs> this is this is this is serious um, efforts. Yes, yeah, it was like really strong accomplishment. I mean, like um, Sonia is a great athlete. She's um, doing lots of mountaineering and and, and trail running. Um, she won twice um, Elzos Milosens, which is my race. Um, so I know her well, and she's really really strong. Okay, I think uh, well, let's go to the mail now. The number five FKT of the Year award winner for Europe. So this, this is Paul Bonhomme, um, so the the famous mountaineer who did the Dom Blanche, the the Swiss summit, up and down from Leoder uh, last year in six hours twenty five minutes. So again, like pretty huge accomplishment. It it gets to something technical. Um, it's within the limit that we that we that we define for the for the FKT of the year award, but um, this is that pure up and down scrambling thing, um, up like Domblanche, which which is like a really well known mountain in in Switzerland, and you can see like videos uh, linked in the um, in the fastest known time um, page on the on the website because um, Paul took the time to take some some footage during his attempt. And that was a pretty significant time that he that he did. Right, and make sure listeners go to the website because this video is really worth it. It's a it's a classic glimpse of the Euro style, isn't it? He's this isn't a rat. He's up there taking video of himself. You can see villages way down below in the valley, and that rat is uh, that's a steep little rat. Yes, and, and, and the thing is that you, you can see him switching shoes um, up and down. So when he leaves the, the, the easy trail part, it gets to, into light mountaineering boots to climb like that, that exposed ridge, get to the top and back, switch again to trail running shoes and finish to the, to the church. And it's on, it's on his own self-shot video. There's no uh, big sponsor involved. He just carried the camera and, and did it. That that's the way he, he does. I mean, it's typical from Paul. He he has like lots of sponsors, but um, that's the style that he wants to to preserve. Uh, going like really low key, doing his footage uh, by himself. He's doing the same thing in winter uh, with like amazing steep skiing descents, um, and that's the way he does that. Like just like um, a GoPro, and that's it. And he, and he does his own thing. Well, it's super classic. So hopefully people click on and. Look at that video. Yeah. So number four for the woman, speaking of classic, this is as, as classic as you can get. Yeah, so this is Emily Forsberg, uh, who did the Mont Blanc ascent and descent from Chamonix, from the Church of Chamonix, in seven hours, 53 minutes. Pretty pretty strong time here, too. Well, no, the, the key thing here is Mont Blanc is obviously the highest mountain in Western Europe. Emily is very, very well-known ultra runner and mountain runner, but it turns out no woman had really gone for the Mont Blanc speed time, had they? This is insane. Like people are still like <laughs> trying to understand what happened in the past because like there were like really, really strong women in the past who did speed ascents uh, in Italy, on Monte Rosa, on, on, on other like big mountains. And to see that there's like no record of 
other women in, in, in that route from, from Chamonix to Mont Blanc and back, this is just ridiculous. Like people are like so confused. <laughs> so Emily just went in there and said, okay, I'll get on this. And uh, everyone went, wait, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> yeah, that's it. I mean, she, she did it in the past. She, she did the, the Mont Blanc uh, ascent and descent from Les Ouches. Uh, which is nearby Chamonix, but like from the Church of Chamonix, it was the first time. So that 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 was a pretty again strong strong time. The conditions were not like perfect. Um, the snow was really soft on the descent, which was like a, a bit dangerous. But uh, like the, the time is really really strong too. And she quotes uh, in the article, "It was a demanding day. The junction glacier was open and to me scary, so I was going slow to take care there." My uphill pace toward the summit was great, and I felt good overall. The downhill was a bit hard with very soft snow. Finishing as tired as I have only been a very few times in my life. So, a good effort. And uh, crossing those glaciers with open crevasses, you have to know what you're doing. Yes, yes. That, that, that was really uh, exposed. Kilian was following her that day um to support her uh to be sure that everything was okay um but yeah like the the the, the time and the focus uh, you have to be really really into into your your effort because th those section with like loose rocks um falling down in midday during those like uh like in in those uh, segments really exposed segments um th that you have to cross because that's the route uh, you have to be really focused Mont Blanc. And now, uh, interestingly enough, so the number four um, male is on the second highest mountain in Europe. Yeah, that's uh, that's Marco De Gasperi uh, from Italy. He did Monte Rosa um, up and down from Alagna. Um, and when we say Monte Rosa, so that's all the whole massif. So it's the, the FKTs from Alagna to um, the Refugio Margarita and back. And he did it in a astonishing four hours and 20 minutes. Um, and that, that's the thing. It's four hours, 20 minutes, and 33 seconds. You get to the point here on those long efforts where, like, even the seconds, they, they may count. So they, <laughs> they, they put the seconds also into that. Right. Well, this is very competitive. I mean, people have been going yes. after the Motorosa time for decades. That's the thing, like the, the, the time was set up by uh, Fabio Meraldi uh, back in 1994 and, um, and, and Mar Mar Marco was, uh, was a huge fan of Fabio and this is what I love also in the, in the community is that I, one of the first things he did when he arrived and broke the record was to call Fabio. And, um, and, and talk with him. So they, they, they talked on the phone, Fabio congratulated him. Um, like, like it's like passing the torch, you know, like it was like really, really, really great. Classic FKT style, isn't it? When you call the previous record holder and say, dude, you're, I love your time, I love you. And, and the previous guy just gives you all the congratulations. Yes, that's, that, that's, that's nice. Now, Marco, I should note, is a very strong mountain runner, and he competed for decades in the uh, Mountain Running World Championships. Yes. Yeah, that, that's a really, really strong athlete. I mean, and, and Monterosa won, was one of his first races. Um, he did the race back when he was a 16-year-old. I mean, he had to ask for a, for a, um, 
uh, an exemption, like to be able to to run from his dad, uh, because I mean he was 16. He was not supposed to be able to run with all those mountain guides ba back in the day. So he's been really uh, like passionate about like the the whole sky running culture and um, and Monterosa. He's uh, this is this is a, a summit that he loves. Wow! And one of the voters commented. It took one hour and 10 minutes to lose 3,500 meters of vert running over glacier and rocky terrain. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's quite the metric. So basically, <laughs> I mean, that's almost 10,000 foot down in one hour and 10 minutes. Yeah, this is this is ridiculous. I mean, the good thing is that the conditions were great. Uh, last year, the glacier was like really uh, smooth, didn't like we didn't have too much too much risk um so it was like fairly easy to like run straight down and not like worry um too much about the crevasses and stuff but still like the time is astonishing because like the the snow was hard in um in that that that's huge time i mean i have no no other words i just like crazy to to run that fast for like that longer amount of hours oh yeah that's crazy and that puts that points out the, uh, the the mountain culture knowledge is very important. And in a couple of these routes, you had to not only know the route and do a lot of route finding, but you had to get the conditions just right. Because for glacier travel, it's extremely important. Yeah, totally. And, and that's the thing. Like this is why Monterosa was uh, was really interesting this year. Like the, the conditions were really good. And Marco again was supposed to run um, the race, the Monterosa Sky Marathon, the few days before. Um, her, his partner uh, couldn't do um, the race, so he couldn't start the race because it was a team event. And but the conditions were so good, and people are really close to beat the record on on race day. So Marco just like waited for like the the perfect condition and said, "Okay, that's that's that that's the go. Let, let, let's make it a, an attempt." And um, and he succeeded. That's the backstory. Good, Matt. That's very interesting. So he was there to do the race, and the race, in case anyone doesn't understand this, is required to have two people due to the glacier travel. So they have to be roped yes. together for safety. And so if your partner drops out, you can't go. But he was ready to go, so he just did it. Yeah. Okay, that's a good backstory. Let's move to the FKT of the Year Awards. Number three, who is our female? Yes, and it's again Emily Forsberg. So <laughs> she, she 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 was pretty busy in 2018, and like Mont Blanc was not enough. We'll see later, but uh, she also like established the the the, the time reference on the um, Kungsleden in Sweden, which is um, the king of trails. Uh, it's like 440 kilometers, so like 270 miles, and um, it took her like four days and 20. 21 hours to to complete the whole route and um and yeah so as you see like same athlete and you go from like up and down summit of mont blanc um finding your way onto glacier terrain to like crossing sweden with uh like that extremely endurance effort um of multiple days that's that's crazy it is crazy. <laughs> like you said, it's it's the combination of skills that Emily is demonstrating is very impressive. Yes, that and and it's I and I feel it's just the beginning, and I feel like 
I spoke with a few voters and they all told me like they can't see, they can't wait to see what's going to happen next with both Emily and like the, the rest of the, 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 the women involved in the sport because like she's being like really aspirational and she's like motivating a lot of women to like go and explore and do more stuff. Right. And she did this solo. Uh, the king of trails. Of course, Emily is a native of Sweden. And she her quote was, FKT for me is not only about records, it's about challenging myself in an environment I love. That's I like that. I like that. And this kind and she continues, this kind of efforts are very rare in the woman's world. So I'd like to inspire other girls to push their limits. Yeah. Well, I think she's doing that. And uh, so. <laughs> what's inspiring you and I, <laughs> forget the girls. I mean, uh, I think you and I'd be happy to do this. Oh, definitely. <laughs> and who was our male number three? So this is um, Yusdin Hawthorne, uh, who did the winter um, FKT of the Black Cuisine Ridge, the, like that traverse, that iconic traverse in, um, in the UK, in Scotland. In the, on the Isle of Skye, and he established like a time of four hours, um, 57 minutes, which is like ridiculous. Like the, the Queen Traverse is a 12 kilometer long technical um, ridge um, with like lower fifth class um, like moves. And, um, and it's just ridiculous because like the time in winter and like for people who know Scotland and Isle of Skye, like the weather there, that's that's key. And the weather is like always crazy, both in summer and winter. And that that that, that time is ridiculous. <laughs> and uh, that's what the voters actually said that. In fact, one of the voters said, I know the history of the Cullen. I've done it myself and think this time in winter is pretty astonishing. Yeah. And in terms of the course, the conditions, uh, a lot of catalogs you know outdoor gear catalogs like patagonia's catalog is always showing photos taking in this location because the weather is just so awful yes it, it it gets really foggy so you have to know the route really well uh it's it's exposed um and then you add like ice and snow and, and the cold in winter and it's like really <laughs> you want to go up there <laughs> and do that really fast so but yeah he did it and that's that's Beautiful. I mean, even he himself was surprised by the time. He thought like he might do like seven hours, and in the end, he managed to do sub sub five, which is ridiculous. All right. Well, I think that's a, that's a great classification for a fastest known time award, which is ridiculous, right? <laughs> yeah. Instead of it's faster, it's like okay, faster is faster. That's like a race. But if you're just your mouth just falls open, saying that's just crazy. That's that's what these all are. Yes, definitely. Well, the number two, let's go to the number twos. Now for female, we have a tie for number one. And so we Correct. didn't do a number two. So we're going to move on to that in a second. But right now, who is our male number two in Europe? So this is Andreas Stendel, who did the Materon, uh, but this time from Switzerland, from Zermatt. So if you remember, like um, Kilian did um, his FKT from Servinia, from Italy, um, to the summit of Mont Blanc and back. And, um, and Andreas did it from Zermatt. So Zermatt, summit of Materon and, um, and back. And then again, like it's ridiculous. It's a sub four hours effort. 
in uh wow that's pretty there's a video also that 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 is linked to the to the to the website so you can the the, the people can can go and, and check the videos it's pretty amazing um and you, you you see the dedication and the focus of the athlete to uh to just like rush down the descent that's that's really impressive very impressive the matterhorn of course is the most iconic mountain in the world just, yeah, I mean, whether you live in Asia or the Western Hemisphere, the Matterhorn is what people think of when they think of mountains. Yeah. And this is the side that's photographed. So Killian's extraordinary FKT, overall FKT and the Matterhorn is from the other side. But the photos are from this side, the Zermatt side. And indeed, the Hornley Ridge, which is what he did, is the most common route. So he kind of did the stand, maybe not the fastest, but the standard route. Yes. And the voters noted he's done it 86 times. So yeah. uh... <laughs> call, call, call that preparation. So I mean, I, I don't know if those were like just like before the, the like the, the, the how many years it took for him because he is really young. But um, I mean, it, you, you see the dedication and you, like people, they have to learn because they, they're on the, the edge. I mean, it's really exposed and, and, and they're getting on a risk level to something that is like really a fine line. Um, but still like to see like the dedication and even like Andreas said, I, if, if I remember that he had to prepare like to, to, to anticipate each move. So basically knowing each move uh, perfectly on the descent because it's, he said basically you don't have time to think in the descent. You just like go down, pam, 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 and you you have to know every rock, every move perfectly. Right, because it's semi-technical to technical, and he's going too fast to process it. He just has yes. to have muscle memory in place. Well, there's a video, like you said, Matt, so viewers should go on the website, our website, and watch the video. It's linked there as well as other comments by the voters and other comments by Andreas and the other winners themselves. So for the, uh, the female side, there's a tie. That's just how it works out. We just, the voting is very fair. We just add up the numbers and however it comes out, it's how it comes out. And we had a tie for number one for the woman. So next week's podcast, we're going to do the number one male and one of the number one female, but we're gonna conclude this podcast with the other number one female, and we're gonna get them on the phone right now. Well, welcome. I'm talking with Meredith Quinlan and Jess Baker from far away in Sydney, Australia. So I could say good morning, or I could say good day, mates. G'day. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. So starting last uh, end of last June into early July, you two did the Iceland Traverse, 557 kilometers. It took you seven and a half days. And you you walked, hiked, and ran coast to coast, basically from ocean to ocean across the entire country of Iceland. Congratulations. That was quite the trek. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> and we're also doing the Fastest Known Time of the Year Awards. And we did that for North America last month. And for the first time ever, we're doing FKT of the Year Awards for Europe. And your Iceland trek was nominated as one of the uh, 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 treks to consider for the FKT of the Year Award for Europe. Oh, wow. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. That's very generous. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I'm here right now 
to tell you that indeed you came up via a vote of esteemed voters as the number one female FKT oh of the gosh. year. That's right. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's lovely. Indeed. That's really cool. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, thank you. And uh, actually, you're a tie for number one. And by the way, it's just the way it goes. The voting is just by the numbers. And so there's another yeah. uh, tie for number one, as it turns out. But it doesn't matter. You're still number one. So that's that's terrific. <laughs> Let's just backtrack for a second and, and get a and get to know you two a little bit better. My understanding is that Meredith is an architect based in Sydney, and Jess, you have a PhD in psychology, and you also work in Sydney. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. That's right. Okay. And I'd like normally at this point I'd give uh, bios on uh, things you've done but I can't be brief. You two have done a lot. And it's interesting because U.S. runners might not know your names, but you two really specialize in these giant multi-day efforts. Is that correct? Um, kind of. Kind of. We've done a few, yeah. It kind of it just starts as a holiday and then it just morphs into this, really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I see. And I note that uh, you two have been doing big routes together for about the past five years. Uh, yeah, probably a bit longer than that, but um, yeah, yeah, for a while now. Yeah, we're good comrades. We, we, we work well together. <laughs> good. And of course, being Aussies, you're all over the world. It's a, it's a nation of travelers. That's right. We, I guess we feel a bit isolated over here, so we tend to want to go out and see what's happening well, out there. Well, let's, uh, speaking of, of what's happening out there, Oz is by far the flattest and driest continent in the world. The interior is a giant desert complete with camels, and it might not ever snow except on the island of Tasmania. So for this FKT, you went to Iceland, which is... Glaciers and volcanoes. So, so yeah. what's up? I know we were a little bit out of. I think it was how was that the first second time you've seen snow, right? Yeah. <laughs> I haven't really walked in snow in running shoes before. That's for sure. Yeah. It was a bit out of our depth. But... Yeah, it was a challenge. It was yeah. So wait, yeah. you just said this is the first time you've been in snow in running shoes. No, no, I have skied a little bit in Australia. We do have a few ski fields, but um. It's not something I'm very used to. I, you know, usually I have all the gear on and because we're all scared of it here in Australia. We think it's, you know, something very unusual. So, Well, how did you pick Iceland for a big route? Um, actually, I think, was it, I think I'm just, yeah, me as a holiday destination, just whenever I've seen photographs of Iceland, it just looks so stunning and vast and beautiful. So kind of just picked it for beauty and remoteness I think yeah. and then um I blame Meredith for the for the amazing route <laughs> <laughs> Meredith did all the all the mapping beforehand and and worked out a traverse yeah okay well speaking of photos make sure everyone listening goes to fastestknowntime.com and go to the routes at the uh, navigation bar and click on that just type in Iceland traverse and Jess and Meredith's route will come up with some lovely photos, five beautiful photos there. Of course, they're all of one tiny person against a giant landscape. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it was, yeah, it's amazing scenery. Yeah. Okay. It's really vast yeah. over there. We just couldn't believe um, the the scenery and there was no one else there to enjoy it with us. It was amazing that you, you get it alone if you go out into the desert. You're willing to risk the, the elements to go out there and see it. Now, what the, you noted in your trip report that 557 kilometers and there's three supply points there. You use no crew. Does that mean you pre-dropped supplies at those locations? That's right. And we were pretty much the whim of when those places were open. So um, that really played a lot on our logistics of when we got to these supply places. And uh, in, in one of the cases, we had to sleep overnight to wait for it to reopen. We just missed the night. So... Um, yeah, it had a, a big impact on how we approached it. So self setting up the self-supported route took time then. You had to work at the logistics. Yeah, yeah. It was a lot of preparation beforehand, a lot more. A lot almost as much as the actual um, trick that Trek took. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You also noted that the middle 300 kilometers were entirely self-sufficient. 300 K is a long way to go with no uh, food other than what you're carrying. I remember yeah. it was pretty cool turning, turning, um, walking away from running away from that, that town. It was like, here we go. Here we go. Yeah. We're a bit um, scared. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was, yeah. and carrying extra, obviously that's when we had the most amount of food in our packs. We had yeah. Have 300 Ks or, you know, a few days worth of food. And, and um, all the locals had said to us, don't go in there. <laughs> <laughs> They're trying to be polite, but they kind of saying, why are you going into the desert? You're crazy. <laughs> wow. And when the locals say you're crazy, uh, did that give you pause? Did you yeah. consider bailing or were you pretty clear you you were going to continue? Um, yeah, we, we were pretty keen to continue. And um, I think they underestimated us as well. Um, I think they thought we were just, I don't know, just a bunch of girls. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely underestimated you. Speaking of which, I, I hear the, the weather got a little uh, shady. Yeah, it, it always does. And you're always at the mercy of the weather in Iceland. And that pretty much defines the place um, to the point where they have so much meteorological data um, available to you because they're all so obsessed with it. But the, um, the biggest thing was the wind. I think like we read lots of blogs about it and I don't think anything can prepare you for it. Like that was the toughest. Well, it was almost, what was the wind? What was it like? Just relentless oh. and loud, yeah. and there's just no trees, so you can't take a reprieve. There's no yeah. reprieve. Yeah, yeah. I see. Interesting. Interesting. Well, it's uh, it's probably not a real warm wind either. No, <laughs> yeah. no, it wasn't. Thank God. I think I had about five layers on my face. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think Meredith is quoted at an. Australian magazine saying, shut up, run, and get the job done. That's it. Pretty much <laughs> that's what we had to do. We couldn't hear each other speak, so we had to just shut up and yeah. run. We had a joke that nobody can hear you scream in Iceland because the noise is so loud all the remoteness. <laughs> wow, yeah. that is loud. Gee. <laughs> Well, uh, just, keep moving just keep moving forward. Well, Jess and Meredith, I, my final question would be, what might be next? Uh, you walked across the entire country of Iceland. Uh, 
And what's next? What's anything for 2019? 2020, we've Ooh. got a, yeah, maybe Ooh. Kyrgyzstan country. Yeah, uh, one of the stands. Oh, uh, which? Kyrgyzstan. Kyrgyzstan. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that'll... I don't even know how to say it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've just got the map. I just so, got yeah. <laughs> yeah. We just, yeah. That's the next goal, we think. Kyrgyzstan, what? That would, that's fairly remote as well. Um, we might have to watch the, the, the female component. Could be a little challenging, if I may note. Yes, yes, it could be. Yep. I think um, my initial investigations show that it's a bit more like Mongolia. It's a bit more of an Asian-style country rather than um, an Arabic-style country. Good. So I think that's in our favor a bit. Definitely. Well, uh, you, <laughs> you certainly will not be underestimated by anyone else when you go, in, go into there. So, again, congratulations. Uh, fastest known time of the year, Europe. And uh, you two crushed it. Thank we you did. So Thank you. Really appreciate really it. Nice. I look forward to staying in touch and please post anything you do for 2019 or 2020 on the fastestknown.com website because we definitely look forward to seeing what you're continuing to do. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Okay, Matt. Well, what'd you, what'd you think? Meredith and Jess were super stoked on their Iceland traverse. What do you think about it? I mean, this, this, this is, really strong accomplishment because I mean it was self-supported um the weather out there is ridiculously in I mean it's this is nuts like I I I know people who aborted attempts to traverse Iceland just because of the weather um and for them to manage to do that self-supported um and to cross like di different different like landscape from the mountains to the desert I mean this this, this is really inspiring and, and I feel like, um, again, you see sometimes like, like Jasmine Paris, for example, who won the spine race this year, the overall ranking in the UK, you see that women are getting to a point where you, we shouldn't be surprised anymore to have them uh, outperform men on those extreme endurance efforts. Hmm, that's a good point. And uh, Meredith and Jess, of course, are from... Sydney, uh, Australia is the flattest and driest continent in the world. And so they go up to Iceland and just go coast to coast, self-supported. Yes, this is like really inspiring. They, 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 they have like just three loca locations they use to resupply them themselves. Um, but like, yeah, just the, 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 the big highland section was like 300 kilometers. Like it's like that, that, that's just like, whoa, <laughs> there's like nobody there. This is, this is insane. So like, just like the idea to go there and say, Hey, let's do that. And let's do that self-supported and let's see what's going on. It's, it's, it's inspiring. Very, although not inspiring enough for want me to go do it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's inspiring, but not quite enough so that I'm going to go try it. That's, uh, it's, it's, it, 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 it's more than 500 kilometers. So, I mean, it, it, and they were like super strong. It took them like more than a week to do that. Um, so yeah, maybe I would do something else before to go to Iceland and do the traverse. <laughs> right. Well, what a great lineup we have. We've gone through uh, uh, eight different FKT of the year 
award winners for Europe. And the European style is so fun. It's so dramatic. Like you said, we have a couple of long ones, Emily going across Sweden and Meredith and Jess going across Iceland. Um, most of the people here have been are Europeans, but Meredith and Jess came from Australia to do this. And again, the way the FKT or the year awards work is it's not who you are, but it, it's all about the root. So that's a key distinction to make. Uh, so the, the North American awards, it can be done by anyone. So FKTs really are about the land, aren't they? They're really about nature. They're about the root rather than the person. Yeah, that, that that's for sure. And um, it's really interesting to see people like traveling to the US uh, from Europe sometimes or like like vice versa, um, doing those attempts. Um, it it's really it's really interesting because like you get to to know the history of a country, you get to know the history of a place, the, and even the history itself of the of of the FKT. Most of the time, it's super interesting. You have to dig through like information, cross some betas. That's that's really interesting. And uh, like to see people make the effort to like cross continents to just go and attempt like one specific line is uh, pretty inspiring. Right, and you mentioned. Uh, people coming from Europe's estates, many winners of our awards. Uh, of course, this year is Gadol Sabe on the Appalachian Trail from Belgium. And before that, we had Francois Don on the John Muir Trail. So there's a fair amount of success coming this direction, but not so much the other direction, isn't that? It just suddenly occurred to me, there's not too many Yanks that have gone to Europe and done I mean that well. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, I, I feel like again, like th those like major uh, routes that we have here in Europe, it's like it's it's technical. So um, I would say like the if you are like really fit athlete, you can go on um, on a long route and just like focus on like route finding and your ability as an athlete and your fitness um, and your endurance um, skills. But when if you want to like tackle like the Matterhorn whether you do it from Zermatt, from Sardinia, you have to go there and spend like long time, like reseeing the, the route, knowing the route, and you have to be like really strong and like those skills, you don't acquire those skills in, in a month. You, you can do the, the route like three times a day. It's not that way that you're gonna become like a, a mountaineer, like, cause that's the thing. It, you get that blurry line again between what's a mountaineer, what's a runner, and maybe in Europe, the, the line got blurrier already, while in the US, you're still like focusing maybe on those like uh, long routes and, and, and big FKTs, like even like technical routes like Nolens, it's, it's not as technical as going up and down um, the Matterhorn. No, it's not. Uh, Nolens has a ton of vert, of course, but it's, you know, it's third class. It's, it's rock yeah. hopping and tailless and so forth. And we also note that going through these awards in Europe, the ladies are looking strong, aren't they? Uh, and of course, obviously we've had, going back to this conversation, for Ultra Tour du Mont Blanc, UTMB, the American women have done very well throughout history since the start, going back to Chrissy yeah. Mel and Rory, but the American men a little less so. Um, pretty good, but a little less so. But here in Europe, you're seeing the ladies doing some solo routes and some technical routes and some multi-day routes, which I think is quite impressive. 
Yeah, no, it's it's re and, and again, it's the part of the like the, the the main reason is the background, the the playground you have, in um and th those ladies are doing the same as the men in the end. So, um, they 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 get those technical races in skyrunning, and they they get to train on on you know, on the mountains, and in the end, it's like, hey, let's do that route, and it's like in, it's not that far from home, <laughs> let's do that, and um, they they have the, naturally the skills. Well, next week, you are going to be back on this podcast, which is really fun, Matt, because your perspective on Europe is excellent. And we're going to have interviews with the number one, one of the number one, the other number one female and the number one male for the uh, FKT of the Year Awards in Europe. Uh, personal interviews. And uh, those are going to be interesting, aren't they? Oh, definitely. There's like a lot of things, a lot of anecdotes, and uh, it's going to be a really nice conversation. And I, I will drop a quick hint. You, the listeners, have heard of these two people, I think. I do think so. <laughs> On that note, Matt, I bid you adieu, and I look forward to talking to you next week. Thank you, Buzz. See you next week. Thanks.